abundance. We all want more of it. Health, relationships, career, prosperity. To be human is to strive for more. There's ample advice on how to create abundance. We need to have positive thoughts and believe in ourselves. But what happens if positive thinking doesn't come naturally? Are we doomed? I'm Jill McCabe, author, entrepreneur, negative thinker turned optimist, and your host on the Thinking Vitamins podcast. For years, I struggled to believe in myself. And for years, I fell short of my goals and aspirations. Until I learned a nifty bit of neuroscience that taught me how we can all rewire our brains to have more positive thoughts, self-belief, and abundance. That's what I created Thinking Vitamins for. Thinking vitamins are sticky ideas, mantras, and perspective shifts that retrain your brain to expect good things to happen to you. So I ask you, are you ready to boost your abundance? Let's dive in. Question. Are you stoked about the trajectory you're on? By that I mean, do you feel at a gut level that you are moving toward a future that is brighter than today? Do you feel like if you just kept doing what you are doing now, that like, how could it get better than this? Or are you questioning your trajectory and wondering how to get on the right one? Are you seeking to get some answers from within about what you want and what you care about? And are you wondering how to do that? If your answer was yes to either of those questions, then today's Thinking Vitamins podcast is definitely for you, the podcast that helps you boost your abundance. My name is Jill McCabe. I am the host of the Thinking Vitamins podcast. And before we dive into today's conversation, I would love to ask you for your assistance in helping get the word out about the show if you have been listening and you like the show, if you could please take a moment and like or rate or subscribe. It's all different depending on what platform you are listening on, but your support of the show means the world to me and my team as we are on a mission to help you and all the world boost our abundance and joy in our lives. Now, with no further ado, let me introduce the guests of today's show. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Marco and Miguel Peralta, and we will be talking about how to connect your inner truth and readjust your trajectory in life. This is something that these gentlemen, that's what they do for a living. And I wanted to cover this topic because in my own work with entrepreneurs, helping professionals and artists start businesses for the first time, or entrepreneurs start their legacy passion businesses, their, their sort of dream life business. I, my entire living is spent with people who are not on the right trajectory and getting on the right trajectory. And they, you know, maybe the trajectory they were on was fantastic for a period of time. It's exactly what they needed in their life at that time. But oftentimes 
we stay with things too long. We resist change as human beings. We we want to stay in the same place because it's comfy and frankly, our subconscious brains don't like change usually in the beginning. But to live a rich and full life is a learning and growing experience, meaning over time, we're going to have new goals and some of those goals are businesses. And one of one of the first things that I see go with my clients is sort of that when we're when we find ourselves sort of far into a life that is really not where we want it to be or we feel out of congruence, we're questioning every day something we're doing. We're questioning every day uh, a work that we're in. We're questioning every day maybe a home situation that we're in. We're questioning every day a relationship. Questioning every day is right there a sign that there isn't that connection with your gut and your intuition, or there is, but it's not strong enough about, well, if not this, what? And I know how meaningful it is to take people from having no idea what they want to do. In my case, I help with business to, to really expressing themselves in business, but I know what that angst feels like. And so I'm very excited about talking to Marco and Miguel because I, I feel like we shouldn't waste a minute of our lives on something other than what's right for us. If you are meant to be on a chosen track, like I'm a leadership trainer, I train entrepreneurs leadership skills so they can really run their businesses effectively. And one of the things that I love about leadership is the sooner you know, right? The sooner you know that you wanna make a change or do something new, the faster you take action on that thing, the more of a leader you are, the more of a role model you are, the more you are showing up like an entrepreneur, like a leader, like success. When we spend a lot of time in analysis, paralysis, and wondering what we should do and not knowing how to in, in, tap into our inner wisdom, and boy, do you have inner wisdom. If you're questioning that, yes, you have glorious inner wisdom. And when we tap into that glorious inner wisdom, then we get on the right track faster. And again, the faster we make a decision that's congruent with what's right for us, the more powerful we are, the more, the happier we are, the happier the people around us are. Nobody wants to be in inauthentic business or personal relationships with us. Then we can get on with becoming more abundant, making the world more abundant. And um, heck, who doesn't want that? So let's, uh, let's introduce my guests. Marco and Miguel Peralta, they are identical twins. They are known as the Starseed Twins, and they are teachers of universal law, leading and teaching by example. Um, they, they live and embody universal truth and applying this wisdom everyday life and practical ways. Now, they are gifted in energy work. They're heightened intuitive senses coupled with their ability to drop into complete surrender makes them work with precision. Working with them leads to accessing your own deepest and truest source of power, mastery, and healing. I was introduced to these gentlemen. I actually saw them on Instagram and I saw them talking and teaching. I instantly felt 
how elevated their energy was. I instantly felt uplifted by just, just their Instagram page. And I reached out, I shared how much I loved their message and arranged to have this talk on the show. So now let's cut to the interview with Marco and Miguel and get on with chatting about how to connect to your inner truth and readjust your trajectory in life. And with that, let's bring on Marco and Miguel Peralta to the Thinking Vitamins podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. So happy to be here. <laughs> Gentlemen, I am pretty excited to be speaking to you today. When I came across, I came across your content on Instagram and saw you speaking about energy and about how it works. And I dialed right into your message and I was pretty excited when you got back to me and said yes to being on the show. So I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for inviting us. The, um, we love when people connect at this level because you know, that means we're in the same frequency and we love to share our perspective and we love to hear other people's perspective because we're all connected and we are learning and teaching each other. So this is amazing. Thank you so much. Wonderful. All right, listeners, we've got Marco on the left. <laughs> we've got Miguel on the right. And they have written a book, as I just mentioned, called I Am You, a powerful concept that as I have learned this lesson in my life, it is absolutely transformed. I have been contemplating this lesson for over 10 years. And today we're here to talk about, I think we're here to talk about whatever comes up, right? But our focus is how to connect to your inner wisdom to readjust to your trajectory in life. And I know that's sort of part of what you do. Is, gentlemen, is that, I'll let you decide who answers what, is that the message that's coming through in your book, I Am You, or are the, is that what you were trying to convey, or what was the goal of I Am You? You know, there are many messages in the book, and I'm sure whoever re uh, reads the book, they're going to get the message meant for them. And one of the messages I can tell you for sure is integration. To me, that's a magic word is integration. How do I become an integral being? And that means how do I sync um, my spiritual body with my emotional, with my mental, with my physical body, and make sure that the four of them are like pillars. They, they grow at the same time. Because if one of them doesn't, then there is this, this harmony in the body in every level. So that's why it's so important that as we continue growing and expanding, as a spiritual beings, as mental, physical, and emotional beings, we do it with the awareness that it has to be consistent and in balance, in equality with all of them together. So one of the messages to me, uh, one of the most important messages in the book is to find that integration. And like I mentioned before, to become these independent and integral beings. And from there, you know, live our lives, our fullest potential, which we can, but sometimes when we don't have a clear idea of what we're looking for and we start looking outside of us, you know, the answers, then we miss 
where the real information is, which is within. And once you access that power, you know, there's this magic that unleashes from within. It's always from within. And then from there, you start understanding why we don't have magic inside. We are the magic. And once you connect to that magic, then you start living that magical life. But first, the, the first thing you have to believe is in magic, because if you don't believe in magic, then you won't see it manifested. So I think that's the first invitation. We have to believe in magic. <laughs> I think that's great. So listeners, uh, all listeners who believe in magic, this episode is for you. I so believe in magic. <laughs> and all listeners who are like, no, I don't believe in magic. Well, this episode <laughs> is still for you. Maybe by the end of the episode, you will believe in magic. Uh, and I, so I, in fact, have been sad for such a long time. I, I was sad for such a long time because when Harry Potter came out, I was so sad about being a muggle. And fast forward, uh, you know, several years later, and I realized I'm not a muggle. <laughs> I am magical. And I was able to accept that truth. I love what you had to say about aligning the physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional, and the integration. And I think that I love what you have to say about that because as I have aligned mine, you know, I used to have goals like I want this many clients or this many dollars or this much growth or this many followers. And that's all gone from my world. I now have uh, only the goal for love and joy, fun and health and nothing else like matter, like, like literally nothing else matters. And as I have come to those more whole types of plans for my life, I have had uplifting experiences mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. So I've, I, I really want to get into what you were saying about that. The other thing that I have discovered physically, I really denied my, like for, you know, for the first, let's say 30 years of my life, I denied my spiritual existence. And I ended up unhappy, stressed, and not a good relationship, and, and then in a terrible car accident. And then, and then I got into, I had to get into my emotional experience to clear that up. So I had a good emotional experience, but, and I'm mentally, I've always been, you know, pretty there. So that was fine. Then I wasn't taking care of my physical body because then I got really into like meditation and getting all connected to the universe. And I did that for about a decade. But then, you know, I start learning that my body is my first mind and I was ignoring it. So I wasn't in integration. And this year I'm really focusing on that integration. So I would love to have you speak more to that because that's definitely been a thing for me where I've done this and then this and then this. Is it possible to come at it holistically? all those angles absolutely and holistically it's a it's a fancy word for <clears throat> uh just being who you are because we are everything we are the mind yes we are this this vessel this body this temple uh, but we also we are also the emotions that we feel so we're every aspect right and being able to integrate these four aspects, these main four aspects, because we're the universe, right? It allows you to also understand that not only you are these four different uh, uh, bodies, but also you are the person next to you and you are the person uh, in front of you. And 
And once you start realizing that there is an aspect of you that lives in that person and this person and this person and, 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 and everyone, you start experiencing life differently. And once you start also realizing and remembering that not, not only everyone else in, in this planet is one with you, but then these other energies, these unseen energies, your higher self, God, uh, anything that you believe in, then you start expanding and expanding and expanding. And then more, more understanding starts to, to become part of who you are and you become the understanding. And, there is, and then you're, you stop seeking for, for answers because then you realize you are the answer for every question. And there is no limit into, of course, while on earth, we create these limitations and we believe that we are this. Even sometimes when we set goals, we set goals based on our limited mind, thinking that's as much as I want, I want to get this many clients, this many amount, this many dollars, uh, this house. But if we just stop trying to set goals and try to invest our energy in ourselves and, and rise our frequency, then we align to things that we probably couldn't even have thought about. So it's important for us to realize that these uh, uh, limitations that we create only come from our past, from our ancestors. They don't come really from the mind. They come from our experience, our past experiences. And we keep going uh, and setting intentions based on what we know. What it's been. What it's been. Because my mom was like this, because my parents, even when you get sick, the first thing they ask you, well, is uh, I'm, uh, our mom passed a few, a uh, couple of years ago. And the first thing they ask her, is anyone in your family has had cancer before? So we are conditioned that we are our past, that we are tight. And yes, we are, but we are this present moment. And every moment is a present moment. And if this is where our focus is, you'll never have to worry about your future anymore. You, you just said so many rich things, Marco. I really liked what you had to say about checking within. And I remember, you know, as I was learning to do this, it was like, how? How do I trust my truth, right? I remember, I remember the me that was so focused on goals, you know, I felt like I didn't have, I felt, I felt, I felt scarcity. I felt fear. I, I didn't feel, I didn't recognize the love that was all around me. I didn't recognize the protection. And, and, you know, you even said the, you know, the answers to everything are here. They're within the body. I am starting to really get that. But I remember, and I'm thinking about some of the listeners, and may, maybe we should dive into the book for this, I don't know, you tell me, but who are like, how do I get this information? I still feel like I'm so afraid and I don't know how I'm gonna pay rent and I, or I don't, I don't know how I'm gonna take care of myself or my parents are getting older and I don't know how I'm gonna provide for them uh, what they need. Where does someone begin if they're there? I believe the most important thing 
for any situation, not just how am I going to pay rent, any situation, it, it comes from patterns that we have developed throughout the years. So that's why your, your fear comes from, your, like he said, your past experiences. And you can only see ahead and see the pattern that will continue repeating. So in order for anything to change, we must change our patterns. So we need to be honest. And it comes from a, a, re, a real place of honesty. Okay, this is what I'm not doing the way, you know, it's, it's not efficient anymore. It's not serving me. So when you identify what's not no, no longer serving you, it's easier to change. But if we think we're right, then it's going to be a really hard space to to change anything because I'm right. And a lot of people feel that way. It's, it's hard to accept that we are wrong. And but once we do it, it's it's amazing because then we can we can make adjustments in our daily lives and start maybe small. I mean, you don't have to change your whole life overnight, but you can start with what needs to be changed, what needs to be addressed. So if it is money, well, you know, what am I doing that is not working out? Then you need to do the opposite. You cannot just slightly change what you're doing. You literally have to do the opposite of what you're doing. So, and that's also hard because how do you completely go from this to here, to the other perspective? Overnight, well, if you want a real change, that's the only, maybe not the only, but you know, um, it's a, it's a fast solution to to go from one pattern to the next, which is opposite. Okay, this is interesting because I think it is this. Okay, I think this brings me to the book. So, because of course, in the book, you've got you talk about polarity. Is that what am I? Is that am I making the right connection here? Um, everything is connected. okay. <laughs> So when you're talking about the opposite, I think of polarity. Uh, is that is this related here? Um, in the book, the way we describe polarity is more in the sense of for anything that exists, there is always the opposite. In in this case, uh, as above, so below, as within, so without, positive and negative. So there is always a counter uh, force. Oh. In everything, uh, that's what in the book we refer as, as as polarity. Can can this be applied to to the way you live your your life or to what he to what to what he was mentioning? Well, yeah, sure. If you are doing something wrong, well, just what does it feel? And this is the thing: we know what's wrong and right. I mean, we know what we're doing wrong for us, though. For us, what our morality tells us: this is wrong and this is right. And sometimes we we're just stuck in this uh, pattern because it's not like we don't know how to change it. Sometimes we don't want. We're too comfortable where we are to make any changes. And although it's not working out for us, we're, we're just comfortable there. Like, you know, well, well, change. At least I'm good. But and, and taking risks requires work. Taking action requires to get up and, and, and do something about it. And, and a lot of people don't don't want that, and it's okay. You can be where you are all your life, but at some point in your next life, or the next, or the one after, you will have to make that change because that's that's what's going to take you to your next level. So you might as well do it now. Why why do you need to wait for another lifetime? Because guess what? Um, and this is a, a little bit uh, maybe more of what we talk about in the in the book. Um, you have the answer on how to do it, and people 
some most people say, well, I just don't know how to ask, access that wisdom, that inner wisdom that I that I have. Okay, so that's why we wrote this book because a lot of people would ask us, and we say, okay, what if I, what if we give a create a guide on what worked for us? Not that that is the only way to do it, but because it worked for us, I'm sure that it can also work for other people that are looking for those answers and how to access that wisdom. So that's where the book mainly started as, a, as a reference. People would ask us. Did you? And so you say. And as a reference for also as a way. It, you say it Go worked ahead. for you, and so that you know that suggests that you didn't always have the truths access to the truths that you have now there was sort of a before and after and it's interesting that you were twins so can you tell me a little bit about that story of sort of what where was your consciousness or your awareness of this these truths that you've now discovered before and what was that journey and and how did it have you know two of you in there which is really interesting not just a solo journey but the two of you together i'd love to hear that yeah yeah i mean by nature, we are born seekers, and we're always seeking. We are animals of habits, and we're always seeking for better ways to do things. So when we were little, we, all, we already had something in us that uh, told us that there was something greater, and not because this dimension is not great, no, but something greater that we needed to understand in life. But being uh, twins helped us a lot to understand this concept of, of oneness, because we were literally a reflection of each other. So we understood very well that there is no way we are separate from each other when we even share looks. I mean, and even when we were little, we were identical. So we come from one cell, from one source, right? Right. But now there are two of us. So that explanation early in life to us, how from one source of energy, one comes out with the same uh, information, identical information, and yet you can still be different, but you still come from one source. So very early in life, we understood that concept of oneness. But of course, before we, uh, we came to this higher understanding, we have to live our lives, our human lives. Not that we're not human anymore, but you know, a very raw human life. And that is uh, you know, a lot of partying, alcohol, and you know, just- We a, never a very, did drugs. We never, yeah. We did smoke. Um, we, yeah, and cigarettes, but- uh, we, we wanted that experience for we ourselves. We needed it somehow. We needed it Not that we wanted it consciously and said, oh, I want it. No, somehow. No, I th and I think actually we wanted it because at 16, I, I met uh, this girl and her mother was a healer. And she would uh, uh, lay hands on people and literally cure them of, of cancer. She was amazing. So, and I wanted that for myself. I wanted that life. And she's like, I'll teach you. And I was like, look, it's going to sound bad. But I wanna, I wanna drink. I wanna party. I wanna do all these things. I'm too young, you know. I, I appreciate what you do, but maybe I'll come back to you when I'm older. Anyway, I never went back to her. But we started on our own path, as whatever, doing healing work, energy work, channeling work. But uh, it was after we got that party thing out of our system, and well, we also hit rock bottom, and that's when a change needed to happen. So. That's why in the book, uh, it's, it's only a reference. It's never a way for us to tell people what to do and how to do it. It's just a reference. Uh, we believe in the power of self-discovery, in the power of self-realization. We all have a time 
that um, we hear this inner voice telling us, begging us almost, that, that something, something needs to change. And we got that calling at 40. We were really, really paying attention after we turned 40. And we knew it was time. You know, you as an individual and as twins, I guess we always coincide in a lot of things. We knew it was time. So we left everything that, every pattern, every destructive pattern left behind. We literally just let them go like a bad habit, like, 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 like that. And we started developing new, new, new habits, new patterns. And it was a conscious decision. So it was after 40, we're 47 today. So we all have two awakenings. One's when you're born. The second one is consciously, is the one that you really can be almost on your knees because you are beaten to the ground and say, okay, something needs to change. And that happened to us at 40. And that's how we became, you know, the individuals who are today. I love that. But we were seeking in the wrong places though, because for, for many, for many years, not at 40, but for many years we were seeking, but we were seeking in the wrong place. And like I said earlier, we were seeking outside and there was nothing outside. Outside is only a reflection of what's going on inside. So once we looked within in meditation, then we realized yeah. that the whole universe was us. It's not that, yes, we belong to this universe. It just depends at what level we want to speak. But yes. we are that universe and we hold all the information, every information from any, any generation, every animal, any, every plant, anything that is and that isn't is still there. You know, it's all connected and we have that power. It just depends how deep you want to get. Oh, I'm pretty fascinated right now. Choice. I, I want to kind of punctuate what you said. We have two. Did you say we have two births Awakening. when we're born? Awakening, right? When we're like, born and then yeah. consciousness. That feels so true. My, it's interesting. My rock bottom was at 40. Fascinating. Fascinating. I'm, yeah. And so rock, rock bottoms can be that moment, right? That moment that we allow consciousness to guide us into another series of truths. Before we started recording today, I, you know, I mentioned how. I was completely, you know, closed off to a lot of these ideas because I didn't grow up with them. But I was always seeking and I had to, I mean, you can't not, I couldn't not believe in the intelligence and the majesty of the universe. And I did what, you know, a lot of people do, go traveling to discover myself and all of this and, and have totally come to the truth of what you say is, is very poignant for me because I really have learned just how much wisdom is within it's truly magical i've i've been able to just ask for information i call it the google of the universe <laughs> that's my way because so i cool. have been able to ask for information and and get extraordinary information and i like i say i call it the google of the universe i truly believe all information is always available and there's a way we can dial into it. And because I've had, I, I liked also what you said about it's a learning experience. These aren't things we can teach other people. You've had illuminating experiences. I've had illuminating experiences. Listeners who are here now, 
one thing I know is true for you is that you are, you've either already had your illuminating experiences or you're ready for them. And this, this podcast has called you in and you're, you're listening and, and you know, there's an inner truth and you know that you're waking up to it. So wherever, and I think we're all, I'm always waking up to it. I have to think I'll continue to wake up to it my whole life. You know, <laughs> like it, it will never stop expanding and growing, but that, I only learned not by people telling me, but by people illustrating what was happening for them. And then by me being willing to experience and learn in my life by listening, by paying attention. So I'm, yeah, I'm deeply moved by, by what you two are saying. You said something really, really important. And I just want to make sure uh, we uh, expand on it a little bit. And because he said rock bottom, and then you said you, you hit rock bottom at, at the same age, 40. And life is a perception, right? Everything is a, is a perception. You know? What we see, it's, it's a perception. And the way we believe you can make a huge impact in your life is by changing per your perception. In this case, when we say rock, uh, rock bottom, can also mean uh, an opportunity. Because at that moment, when you feel you are in complete darkness, completely submerged in this uh, place where you don't know how to get out, then that's when you become the seed. That's when you start to, that's where you, that's where you need to be to flourish. Because without that darkness, without you being so submerged, like, in this place where the only way is out it's just a great opportunity so if we change the perception of being defeated and we change it for uh, hey here's an opportunity here is a <laughs> this is the time beautiful because there is never a, a bad moment there are always opportunities everything is an opportunity in fact, everything is a blessing because without that um, place, we couldn't flourish the way seeds do. And that's why we identify with the name star, seed, uh, star seeds uh, in our Mayan calendar. We are the seeds. Like, like the cosmic the, seeds. Yeah, cosmic seeds. Just like in the regular calendar, we are the Gregorian calendar. We are Aquarius. In the Mayan, we are uh, oh. cosmic seeds. So we just... It, uh, yeah, we just identify with that concept. Okay, so that uh, that's new to me. Seats. First of all, let me acknowledge you for talking about that, for giving such easy language to the concept of rock bottom, just opportunity. In my first book, I I, I also I talk about, you know, looking back on these things as blessings. I it used to be, you know, my first sort of opportunity which i love it really was an opportunity it was i now see it fully as a blessing and like so grateful took me a year and a half maybe to sort of wake up to that and maybe even five years to fully really capture how great that was but now i'm i'm sort of comically known for like whatever happens i something weird can happen i'd be like okay like i immediately start 
saying thank you for this gift and understanding it. And I've, I've done things like I was down in New York at a conference and my back, my, my back was out and my neck was out and it was like a, you know, a car accident flare up, which I don't get anymore. And so I immediately went and I did a meditation and I was like, thank you. Thank you for this, um, gift. And I released into it. And the next day I like, that never would happen where I would just be moving and fine the next day. There would be like this time in between. So I've, I just love this language of opportunity. I really want to punctu- punctuate that for listeners because I know sometimes we see things happening in the world that we, we sense that things are happening to us. The other thing I want to say is this rock bottom idea. We do sometimes dramatize and I'm, I'm currently working on a book and I have like this story that I love to tell. And the fast version is I lost everything. I lost everything. I sold my restaurant that was famous. And then my boyfriend and I broke up and then my cat died and then my car died and I got rid of all my furnishings. And, and then, you know, I put a few things in storage. Then on my way to Mexico, that got robbed. And then in Mexico, my cleaning person, you know, washed my hard drives and I had nothing left. Okay. That was the story I told myself. And a lot of people would say, yeah, you lost a lot. You were down to a suitcase and a dog. Oh, guess what? I had a suitcase and a dog and a place to live and money in the bank. And I spent a year talking about how much I lost. So you know what? I lost my ability to move my health and my money as well. And so it's a really interesting like wake up call for me. Like now I look back on that and go, look at me complaining about all the things I lost when I had money in the bank from the sale. I had a new boyfriend, I had a dog that I loved, and I had a suitcase and I had a roof over my head. And then a year and a half later, I lost all of that. I lost, like I proceeded to lose everything after that and then go way into debt and then lose my health, lose my ability to work. I lost my brain. I had like for a while I had a car. So, I mean, I really learned, I love that you brought up the rock bottom because sometimes we're saying rock bottom and it's not rock bottom. We're just dramatizing. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, at that yeah. moment, it feels yeah. real. And it's very, you know... Uh, <laughs> Tangible. Like Tangible. You can... Yes. And the tears are real. And and yes, we might be exaggerating. And, and think about it. When, when you see a kid and they lose a toy and they start crying, you'll be like, that's stupid. That shouldn't cry. No, no. But for the kid, it's real. So again... <laughs> that's why I never I, I never minimize people's pain or think oh just just being a drama queen or a drama no no it, you, you, because you wouldn't tell that to a, to a kid that just lost a toy you'll be compassionate and so that's why you know we have to understand that pain at that moment that that person is going through it's real it feels real and through understanding you yeah you can change your perception but at that moment we don't judge them and say oh my god that's just stupid you shouldn't no no with all the compassion you know we go through that process with them and and let them see a a different perspective and change their focus and in that moment yeah well you know it's oh okay yeah you're right but in the beginning yeah we've been there plenty of times yes (laughs) even when it happens to us we don't just judge ourselves from what the the way we feel we just allow for the emotion to be felt and give ourselves some time not a day or two, yeah. five minutes, 
keep it yourself sometimes to to really say embrace that that emotion. That's why we're on this planet to to learn how to feel, to experience emotions, a wide range of emotions. So experience it. Just don't get stuck yeah. in it for too long. You give yourself five minutes, ten minutes. Okay, you want to give yourself a full day. Give yourself a full day to be miserable if you want. But then the next day, yeah, go back to your center because that's where oh, it will function the best. I want to ask you about, you have a chapter, You Are Not Alone. And I think that a lot of people feel alone. You know, I think I, for the longest time, I mean, I really did like stand in the corner growing up uh, and not make friends. And, you know, I was very alone and I felt definitely like, um, you know, like I'm pretty sure I'm not one of you. Right. And then, you know, and then I woke up to the, you know, I, I do feel that I'm connected now, but there was the longest time where I felt isolated. Like I didn't fit in. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. What, how can you help someone who might be questioning, like, do I belong here? How would you, how do you teach that person? What would you have to say? I wrote that chapter. So let me get it. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Um, so we also, part of our awakening, uh, we owe it to plant medicine. And, you know, some rituals that we've done, ceremonies. And in one of these ceremonies, these uh, shamanic ceremonies, I sat on this rock and I felt lonely. I saw all these people, there were like 60 people, and somehow I just wanted to detach. I didn't feel like I belonged there. So I just went on my own and sat by myself and I... I was like, why do I feel so alone? You know, I'm, I'm surrounded by so many beautiful people and great, amazing people doing the work. And why do I feel alone? And there's always this voice. You know, it's your inner voice, your whatever you want to call it, your guides, whatever, you know, you can uh, put any name to that voice. So there's this voice that always talks to us. Um I see some voice. Okay, good to know. <laughs> it's not the same voice. <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> so, said, you know, when you, um, before you come to this planet, you come with a group of unseen energies that are with you before you come to this planet and after you leave this planet. So, and, and of course, it, it was a long kind of like, conversation but basically the concept that i gathered was that just because we feel alone that doesn't mean you are alone but you can say wow but that doesn't that doesn't help me in any way i still feel alone like, like my brother was saying the feeling is real right so when we feel alone it goes goes beyond uh, this earth it, it's in our cellular structure already that feeling of, of loneliness you are born with it. Why? Because there is there, this energy that we call God or we, the universe or source. In the beginning, it was alone. It was just one 
energy that didn't feel anything because it had no emotions. So it wanted to experience itself. So it expanded, it fractalized, uh, fractalized in millions and, and an infinite number of realities because it wanted to, to feel, to experience this oneness, this, this greatness that it was, that it is. And when we think of beginning and end and what happened first, the egg of the chicken, it's always been. Everything has always been. So the beginning did have a beginning or it already existed. So I know it makes no sense, but because it always, everything always has been and it always will be. So that feeling of being alone comes from the original creation itself. So at some point this earth, nothing existed, right? It's because the, we were alone. Now, how, how we overcome that feeling of loneliness? So we'll make someone feel a company make someone if we, if we don't if we feel alone that's an opportunity for us to make someone feel that they're not alone call someone how are you doing i just want to make sure i just wanted to check on you you know the power of calling someone and asking them how do you feel as so much is, is you're telling someone i care i care for you and that feeling of loneliness i promise goes away like that so it's kind of like so is that that's really that. powerful. I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be integrating that message for a while and and listening again. So is that if I'm to understand it or explore it is is that our that's our opportunity? Sort of we come in alone and our opportunity is to understand our um, our connection, right? Or is that that's one of our opportunities here as we have a life experience. Sure. It's always an invitation because when we come in uh, and we're born in a family, immediately we're not alone anymore. This original being, this original creator, the cre creator itself. If, when, we when we talk about oneness, what are we really talking about? that these 7.3 billion of people are how many really in the end? One, we really are just one being fractalized uh, into every single, hu single human. But in the end, how many are we really? We're just one. So that sense of loneliness, it'll probably never go away. And I'm not trying to make everyone feel like, oh my God. No, no, I mean, seriously, that being, that powerful creator, when he, when he saw himself, her, herself, itself as only one, the idea was to experience other realities. That's why the loss, the, the, the loss of memory. You don't want to remember that you are only one being. You want to believe that there is 7.3 of us in this planet. That's why we lose that memory, that recollection that we are only one being. Uh, and that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful way to spend our time on Earth. But there is a point that we start uh, becoming aware that we really are, we, we, we all come from one divine source. And that's an, another story, but all I'm saying, that sense of loneliness, I believe will always remain in our cellular structure because we're not 7.3 billion of people. We, we really are just one. How, how we deal with it is different. It's different, yeah. That's so, the illusion. That's what the illusion is. The illusion is, this is in the illusion. Because people is like, oh, the matrix, the illusion. 
No, no, the illusion is how you deal with your experience because the earth is neutral. The universe is neutral. How you approach uh, your life, it's that's the illusion because what for you can be happy, for me can be super sad for some, for whatever reason. And, and that's, that's what we call the illusion. And I believe we mentioned that in the book, what the illusion is, is, is really our ability to deal and uh, with life, with, the, with, the, with your experience and, and the way you feel about yeah. life, that's how you want to experience it. There's no, there's no science. There's no magic on that. I mean, it, it just is. Perspective taking is very well, you know, we know that we can look at the same situation, have completely unique perspectives and have, in fact, there are other twins that are great examples, right? I, I'm a twin, I'm a fraternal twin, it's not the same. There are other, I mean, it's still pretty special. Uh, uh, there are other twins who have, you know, who notably who are you know, we know, we know this on many levels that when we reframe an experience or when we take another perspective that we can have a completely different outcome. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I would love to talk about, I know it's two chapters, so you guys maybe can, can pick, but I was looking at breathing consciously and being present where do you, where does your own energy take you where where should we go next well being present uh, uh comes from breathing consciously uh when you yes. don't do that you know all of a sudden your brain doesn't get enough oxygen and it's easy to be wandering everywhere and for your mind to be somewhere else but when you start taking a really deep breath uh, consciously and smiling and you know just being grateful for that breath that gives you life, then is when you when you become a different being altogether. Your, your frequency gets higher, and in that uh, uh, shift of frequencies, then you start connecting with higher realms of ex of existence and all those beings that exist in there in that uh, realms of existence. Not that they are higher, literally. No, they're here. They're all here. It's just, just higher consciousness. Higher consciousness. So they hope they go hand uh, and hand uh, because you you can not or it would be very difficult for you to become a conscious being without co um, breathing consciously. So I think that's the first step we must uh, practice is. Can we explore that? And, and just so you, I mean, a few times on the show, we have talked about breathing and breathing techniques. And the reason I love bringing it up is exactly the reason you're saying because I, it's not possible to connect to our inner wisdom without breathing. Um, that, you know, just to sort of come into the moment, is there any, what guidance would you give listeners on how they can start breathing? Oh, there is, well, there is an exercise that, yeah, yeah. that I do every night. We do, I think he does it too. And he was taught by this uh, amazing teacher, uh, Matthias Stefano, I don't know if you heard of him. So he, um, he told us how to breathe. Let's say you uh, inhale for four, four, five seconds and you count one, two, three, four, and then you hold it for the same time. One, two, three, four, five. And then you exhale through the nose, the same count. And then you, you go six, seven, eight. I have done up to, I've, I've gone up to 25. 
I've counted up to empty. 25. When you In the mean beginning, I've counted up to 25 exhaling yeah, like, or up to 25 empty? Inhaling? Inhaling. So you count Tres, 25. And I like one, two, three, four, five. I've gone up to 25. And then hold it for 25 and then exhale for 25. The secret of when you exhale, exhale is like, how can you exhale for so? Yeah. So you just have to kind of like um, uh, be very conscious of your stomach, how you like really are inhaling, not just your, your exhaling. Uh, exhaling, not just your uh, lungs. You have your to contract, like, contract your, like your abs, like a very, and that exercise, like if I'm feeling any low vibrational emotion, sad, upset, what, and I start doing that exercise, It just change. It's like it changes you. you I'm pretty sure they teach that too. Breathing is just. I think I heard. I think I heard once they teach it to like um, like special forces and I, I've heard of box breathing with the four four four. What I love about what you just oh, said sure. is that I feel really truncated at four, and so I'm nowhere near twenty five yet. But I've heard this lesson at four or five several times, and I feel like I want to keep going. But okay. now the next step, I'm supposed to, you know, pause and then go out and then pause. And I feel like I need more time. And so I just want to thank you because you just gave me right. permission to, I, I, not that I needed it, but you, you helped, you know, you helped illuminate a possibility for me. And I love that. So I'm going to start working on increasing my capacity. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. The more you do it, the more you can breathe. You just have to, like every time you, you are able to do, to breathe more. You just have to, yeah, allow yourself to, to go as far as you can. And I, I think it's easier yeah. when you are laying down though. Yeah. If you lay down, it gets easier. So it's a good practice before you go to bed and before you wake up, before you get up, after you wake up. So it's just a good practice because it just clears your mind and it just makes you feel lighter. Mm -hmm. It makes you smile. I don't know. It makes you feel accomplished. So it, it really changes your mood a lot. Remember so that that's... air, the air that we breathe is what really keeps us alive, right? You, uh, the moment you stop eating food, you can, you still live, you know, if you stop doing whatever you stop doing, you'll, you'll leave. Um, when you stop breathing, that's it. So the air really is what connects us to higher realms. When you air is the connection. Above and below. Are yeah, I had air. one meditation teacher so, say, "Am I breathing in the universe, or is the universe breathing in me?" And that really just you know, when you exhale, and I, I loved, I loved that. You brought up the idea, Miguel. You brought up you know the idea of lying down, and. It's easier lying down. Can you make a connection for me between meditate, you know, so breathing to me, which feels very much like meditation. And I know a lot of people meditate, you know, sitting upright. Um, can you speak to me a little bit about how you would advise people around their meditation? Absolutely. I always advise to, to sit upright uh, with your spine very straight. And that's only because your body recognizes uh, all the positions because what we call positions in the universe is just geometry. 
So the more geometrical our body position is, the more our cells, our soul, everything is, it, it gets recognized as mastery. It, it gets recognized as wisdom, actually, not mastery, as wisdom. So that's why it's so important to sit straight, to have, um, I mean, I don't know if, I know some people can't sit, you know, like in the lotus position, but if you can, it's even better because uh, you start uh, doing the shape of the Merkaba. So everything that we do, these power poses that are called power poses, they really are just geometrical shapes that the body, when you do a certain pose, it, it ignites, it awakens something in you. So posture is so powerful because the moment people lay down to meditate, you might just fall asleep. So it's, it's not as effective. Are you going to get something out of it? Maybe. But you'll definitely get everything out of it when you are uh, intentionally sitting on a certain position that represents to meditate, to connect to that mastery that uh, you know, you're connected with, that we're all connected with. But it's only when, when we sit upright that we connect to that. That's why when, you, when I go to coffee shops, I go to Starbucks, and everyone is, is, is like this, like hunching and working on their computers, or even if they're talking to somebody, they're just hunching. But there is always one person that you'll see them, and they're like sitting up, you know, like sitting up. And, you know, it, it's always interesting to see how we're so, so used to not being connected to that inner wisdom. But that's why yogis and all these spiritual leaders, you, you always see them, you know, very straight, very posed, because they recognized uh, the power of, their body being in a geometrical uh, shape. It's, it's just that. It's just that ge geometry that you want to repre represent. And once you, you do, then something ignites within you that makes you feel When that. you lay, da lay down, you're just really resting. Yeah. Mm, it's, it's easier just to even pass out and fall asleep because, yeah. you know, you're listening to a nice, uh, probably guided meditation and the voice is soft and the music in the background and the candles and the uh, incense. Um, incense so it's very easy to just fall asleep yeah so so yeah of course so need... what if somebody i'm going to stick with meditation for a moment because you brought up something interesting i i don't use guided meditation i just because i just don't want the interference there uh, but I understand, you know, that it's it's really good. I have used it in the past, and it's certainly how I got started. What uh, what is a practice? So I love how you I love how you described the because I have heard about the geometry of the universe, and I again, this is beautiful for for me personally that you connected. So I have to thank the listeners who already know something about meditation as well that you know that the shapes like that it's really i'm actually wearing my yogi pants <laughs> so that the shapes that we're creating are are meaningful and that helps us dial in now how would you suggest do you suggest somebody listen to meditation or is there a sort of way of entering in that you like in the, in the book we we tell people to go with their own Practice. wisdom with their own practice listening to guided meditations of course is powerful nothing is wrong or right it's just whatever fits you uh, best but when when you just quiet 
not you you don't really ever quiet the mind when, but when your focus is not just here but it's on your heart center on your on your breathing on your pos- on your straight position on being becoming aware of everything that's going on without opening your eyes obviously you know, but but you start seeing everything the, the space that you are in with your eyes closed it's just it's just a different practice than when you're listening to someone guiding you and we love guided meditations don't take me wrong but i believe that when you start doing guided meditations it's just easier to do it that way and 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 you don't really are, you're really not doing the work you are just following someone else's guidance and and you stop following your own guidance so once you have mastered your own guidance and you follow your own guidance, then yeah, listen to guided meditation. There's nothing wrong with that. I, we love guided meditations. But where you find a, a guided meditation fits everyone that's listening to it, right? But when you listen to your heart and when you let your heart be the guide of your experience during meditation, it's, it's just a complete, it's a, it's a different level of experience of meditation. It makes you independent, you know, and that's the freedom that we are talking about in the book. And that's the freedom that we promote. Can you become independent of everything for you to become free? Because independence is just pure freedom. So having your own developed technique on how you go within is very powerful because once again you feel accomplished but um, but also it's on your own terms and it's a beautiful uh, way to experience yourself on on, the, on your own terms without anyone telling you how you should feel about yourself no it's you feeling you and you spending time with you and that's why we we don't even call it meditation that's why we call it a, it's just a practice of self-love so a lot of people are still not okay with that concept of meditation because it implies yes sitting upright and too much preparation no it's it's just it's it's just a practice of self-love because it's on your own terms. Whatever you want, you know, if you want to spend five minutes, spend five minutes. If you want to spend an hour, spend an hour. It's all, always on your own terms. And that's the power of freedom that you can choose the music you play or play no music. I play no music, but that's just me. He likes music. So you see which one is best. Well, to me, I like no sound at all. He likes music. So it's, it's just a beautiful way to start becoming independent, you know, and, and connecting to that independency. Mm-hmm. And from there, your whole life develops as just trying to stop uh, looking for gratification outside of you and you start finding it within. So it has to be always on your own terms. But from a place of self-love, from a place of compassion for the self, uh, not from a place of ego, not from a place... And if it is there, okay, well, let so be it. Eventually, you'll come back to your heart again but that's that's what we i guess we promote the most in the book this is just a guide that works if you do it but because we it, don't tell people what to do no no but we what we suggest in the process if you don't resonate with something change it to something you resonate with yeah. and make it your own and from there develop your own technique yeah. we, we describe what's essential for meditation the breathing posture uh, the creating your space and we make it very simple, but we never tell people this is the only way to do it. And if you don't do it that way, then that's it. Because uh, in the in the beginning, we when we started this process, we would read a lot about how to access your akashic records, how to connect to this, to that. 
And there was this book that I read about accessing your Akashic records, uh, this inner wisdom, and, and they were saying, you have to say this prayer. But if you skip a comma, and if you change any word, then that's it. You're not going to be able to connect that. And at that moment, I just closed the book and I said, this is not, this is not right. I mean, there cannot be one way. There is no just one way to do things. There is you know, an infinite, infinite number of ways to getting what you yeah. want uh, in your own unique way. Beautifully said. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I was fortunate to have an early meditation teacher who, like you, opened up possibilities, you know, instead of, instead of closing in. As we wrap up today, I, well, I guess as we wrap up today, what really came up was I had a different question. And then in my head, to what degree, I just had a fun, like sort of a fun question. Um, <laughs> two more questions. The first is, to what degree have you achieved telepathy with one another? Well, you know, for us, it's interesting because like I've done it three times where I'm in a very crowded place and I lose him. And there's so many people, it's like, I'm not going to find him. So I just close my eyes and I just talk to my spirit and say, uh, I don't know if I just say something, I'm sure I have, but I just let my 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 legs to take me to him. And I, I always find him like that. So I just literally allow my body, my inner guidance to tell me exactly what he is. So, and then I do all these turns. I was like, what? And I find him and he's right there. So it never fails. I've done it three times in, in, in three different events, very crowded events, uh, like Art Basel, where there are massive places. And, you know, I always find him. We, so you have granted, to trust. Granted, I always know what he's thinking. He always know, knows what I'm thinking. Mm, he can't lie to me. I cannot lie to him. We're just one. And I tell him he, sometimes, uh, and he tells me, oh, yeah, we're going to do this because of that. And it's like, no, we're not. I mean, we're doing it, but it's not because of that. It's because of this, this, this. I know why you are doing it. Anyway, so, yeah, it's just funny how he still tries sometimes. <laughs> or he tries. <laughs> yeah. My... My last question, I welcome you both to answer it, is this is a podcast all about boosting abundance. What, uh, what does abundance mean if you were to define abundance in your way of thinking? Well, it just depends who you ask. Again, that's, that's a concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was going to say, well, if, if I, we have to describe it, we, ha we have had uh, the opportunity to, yes, to make a lot of money in life, a lot, like you know a lot of money and some other times when we didn't so i can i can go both ways in this paradox and say abundance has been both when we had had a lot of money and when we didn't because it was an abundance of learning when we didn't and a lot of other experiences when we did so to me abundance is everything there's not one thing when you can actually describe abundance you're actually not describing it when you can see abundance as, as all there is whether uh, your situation is good or bad, whether you have $100 to your name in your bank account or a million dollars, we've been in both situations. It's been abundant anyway. You just have to focus on abundance. And you can have $100 to your name, but if you focus on the abundant amount of learning you have to do there, you are living an abundant life. So it's just not to have that concept of what abundance is because the moment you can describe it, it's not there anymore. 
abundance is not to be described. Abundance is everything that you are looking at and what you are not looking at. It's all abundance. Actually, limit, the limitation of abundance is when we start trying to define what it is. Uh, so I know a lot, most people, most people relate abundance to uh, how much money do I have in my bank account? And that's, that's not it. Abundance is everything. It's just when you want to uh, really have a financial stable life, you need to become that abundance. How? Well, believe it or not, I've seen people that if they have uh, $50 to their name, they can still share uh, those $50 with, uh, with some other and give them half. There are people who have a million dollars and they give you the same $25. So who is more abundant? Well, the guy that is, has only 50 and is sharing half of those 50, not the one that has the million. So it's, it's, it's a state of consciousness. It's not a bank account. It's not anything like that. It has nothing to do with money. It has to do Beautiful. with, with self-consciousness. Yeah, I love it. That's a, I, my parents are actually examples of that. Wealthy on the mother's side, like this with the, everything they had, my father. Um, I don't think of uh, abundance as wealth at all, but I, I know some people do for sure. So I, I loved your answer. Marco, what? Uh, I was going to kind of mention this teacher that uh, he died actually a few years ago. He used to say, my boss is so poor. The only thing he has is money. And I, I, I love that phrase because, like my brother was saying, we believe that abo being abundant means to have money. And that's just financial that's stability. stability. Yeah. That has nothing to do with being abundant. The way you carry yourself, the way you smile can be abundant. The way you talk can be abundant. And you can be abundant just by looking at yourself and seeing the abundance in you, if you cannot be that abundance, you're not going to see it anywhere else. That abundance is something that you have to feel you. You have to feel that you are abundance. When you, when you are, realize how perfect you are, your body, the, 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 your organs, your heart, and I, you cannot even describe the abundance that is, that is in you, let alone the abundance in the universe. If you feel it, if you feel abundant, the the the, the good relationships, the financial uh, stability, uh, the relationship you are looking for, the work that you are looking, is gonna come abundantly because that's how you feel, and you are only reflecting from within, right? So feeling abundant starts by looking in. That's it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today for your illuminating uh conversation i'm just deeply deeply connected to what what you've shared today and i, I think it's very powerful and i know that listeners are going to want to figure out how they can get um their hands on your book so they can really dial into some of the concepts that we we touched on and of course as always we'll have your links in the show notes but can you tell listeners how do they keep going with you where where can they find you get the book and learn more from you well the book is on amazon so you can just type i am one the peralta brothers or starship twins and you'll find it but granted the link is going to be included uh in social media but we have both starship twins starship underscore twins in uh instagram one who serves is mine on Instagram. 
So we'll include all the links for sure, YouTube. including our email, our YouTube channel. We're big on YouTube, so, as in we like to put information on YouTube. Um, yeah. So that's another. But we can really elaborate on, uh, through email. Like people who take the time to uh, to write us on, uh, an email, we take the same time to, to respond. So yeah. we're really, really good at answering back. What a beautiful conversation. I feel so blessed to have spent this time with you today. Thank you very much for Thank joining you. me, Thank listeners. You. Make sure to follow up and learn more. Um, these starseed twins are they're stars, they're gems, and there's so much to be learned. And I look forward to learning more, too. Thanks so Thank much, you very Jim. much. Thank you for your, your invitation. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Thinking Vitamins podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, follow, and come to thinkingvitamins.com where you can sign up to get our newsletter and additional free training. Thinking Vitamins with Jill McKay.